you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. David, football, football David. The Dave Damaschek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamaschek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 191 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. I now also have to add, let's go Bucks, the Buckos of Pittsburgh, PA, on their way to the postseason for the first time since 1992. That's exciting. And it helps take some of the sting out of uh, the 0-3 start by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my own personal stuff, though. Welcome to the show. Let's get into week four of the NFL season here. A gangbuster show lined up, if I do say so. I was going to say say so myself, but I really didn't have anything to do with putting it together. We did, though. We are the beneficiaries of a visit from the patriarch of football's first family coming up. Archie Manning. We'll kibitz with him. Don't know if you cut the uh, documentary uh, Book of Manning um, on air earlier this week. Dynamite stuff there. Also, we're going to be talking with a long-lost pal, Terrence Newman, who back in December, I told, would have the, would be on the best team in the AFC North as long as he decided to stay with the Bengals after he went back and forth with, between that and the Raiders. Finally, I convinced him, and I do expect that he'll show up with uh, good tidings and thanks for that keen advice from his old pal Dave. All right, now let's get into it. With uh, Speaking of old pals, first of all, he's joining us on our second podcast every week in season here. You watch him hosting uh, on NFL.com the Thursday night football extra piece along with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What, Black Tie? You got to get the name right. Well, you get it right. That's what you're here to do, Black (laughs) Tie. 
It's NFL.com Live Thursday Night Football. All right, there you go. See, he got it right. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop? Buddy? How's it going, man? I love being on this program. In I'm fact, sure you, you do. You said it's on iTunes. I went on iTunes the other night. I was debating between Rocky Five and DDFP. I went DDFP. Did you now? Because we like home team. You know, I heard what was uh, oh this. Uh, speaking of Rocky, I was watching late the other night Rocky Two. And I had forgotten how funny Balboa is in that picture. That's really where his sense of humor is at its strongest. Rocky, some good moments, but two is really where it shines as he sort of spirals downward, wasting his money. But he goes out and he plays stickball with the kids in Philly. And the kid pitching to him, he keeps calling him Swifty. And I love it. Throw it in here, Swifty. <laughs> I, I have to admit, it's painful to watch, but I love watching him do try to do that one commercial with the uh, director that's like a total Yeah, the guy jerk. who's a uh, – yeah. Yeah, that's no, there's stuff. never been any director in the history of film or television as mean as the commercial director in Rocky Two just berates him as being dumb, like two takes in. Anyway, uh, another old pal. Here he is from around the league. You know him uh, from from this podcast and, of course, the great Around the League podcast offered three times a week in season with his pals, Hanzus, Rosenthal and Wessling, who is just with us. It's the long-lost Mark Sessler. What's happening, Mr. Fancy Pants, or should I call you Swifty? Swifty, I like that. You like Swifty better? I was about the age I could have been in that role, potentially, as a child actor. Well, just like last week, or the the last show we did, I was surrounded here in Studio 66 by the Bears' newest fan, Adam Rank. He's celebrating 3-0. Handsome Hank was with us. His Dolphins are 3-0. And... Who am I forgetting? Somebody else was in here to celebrate. Now I have the Cowboys in first place in the NFC East for Elliot Harrison. And even your Browns are looking down at the Pittsburgh Steelers in the standings thanks to the right arm of the incomparable Brian Hoyer. How say you, Sessler? How say I? I mean, I, I think it's really a long-term vision of what's happening in Cleveland where mm. Pittsburgh is after a long belly of success heading out. Cleveland's on the way up. Well, I don't know if I would uh, say that those I, – I, I might suggest that those things are more or less mutually exclusive. But, of course, if you knock down the big bully of, uh, of the division, perennially at least, then I guess there is an opportunity for the Browns. What did you make now? Let's talk about this, fellas, real quick, and then we got to do the picks because we got uh, those two interviews coming up here. Real quick, what do you think about, first of all, the Trent Richardson move from the Browns' perspective and for the Colts – and then now Josh Freeman clearly would seem to be on the market. Glennon is going to get the start for Tampa Bay. Josh Freeman, to me, you know, a couple of years ago, he get, has a nice season. They're on a run. He's big. He has a big arm. He can run a little bit. As I always say, he reminds me of a younger Ben Roethlisberger. You know, some inaccuracies. But overall, playmaker type of guy, just in a terrible spot down there. What do we think about more trades? Where should Freeman go? First of all, Sessler, though, as the Browns wonk, talk about the uh, the first question. I had much less of an issue with them trading Richardson than a, probably a big chunk of Browns fans. I, I, I think that the offense they want to run doesn't probably necessarily need a foundation back like Richardson. They're going to need to fill that hole, but they're building for the future. They are looking to go get that quarterback they can hang their hat on for the next 10 years. And listen, this is a team that missed out on RG3 in the draft, not the same front office, but they had the ammunition. They got a third and a fourth in the draft last year, an extra one. They now have two firsts. They're not going to let it happen again. Mm -hmm. They're going after that quarterback. And I, and I think, really honestly, they inherited all these players. They, they were not as high on Richardson 
on any level that the front office was before. They don't see him as a guy that they could really trust to center the offense around the same way you could with an Adrian Peterson. What I'm interested to see, I think he's a classy guy, but in Indy, will he really be any better than he was in Cleveland? Because he's a guy that you, he's one of the toughest running backs I've seen mm-hmm. currently in the league, but he doesn't break away for runs longer than three, four, five yards. He's elusive, but he still isn't going to take off down the field. It's true. It's also, it feels like, I think Lombardi and company, Banner and so on, probably were pleased with the the pushback they got from downtrodden Browns fans to see them go into Minnesota and win that, and that was a nice little bump. But I got to think that they're secretly kind of like, all right, that's it. All right, you got the one, so it's the stinks off, but... It'd be cool if you guys would lose out here so that we get whoever we want there. If we could have uh, Mr. Bridgewater or Clowney, whichever way we want, presumably it would be Bridgewater who they're looking at there. But they don't want this team to, to win any more than they already are. EH, what do you think about this for the Colts? And then what do you think about Josh Freeman? To me, people say, who would want him right now? I mean, anybody who's who's looking, who, who needs to fill a quarterback like the Jags or maybe even the Browns, and, to me – there are very few teams in the whole NFL that shouldn't at least be intrigued by if eight million dollars is a lot for a backup, but there are a lot of teams out there. Like I, off the top of my head, I could see Green Bay sort of saying, "Like you know, we should be interesting to have a a guy like this behind Aaron Rodgers." So should number twelve go down? Well, it's on both fronts. First of all, the Trent Richardson to me, the Colts are like that single guy who's trying to impress girls and date he wants that nice sports car and the browns are like the guy who's married and really does just needs a car that's going to go a to b drives a corolla and spends his money on a house you know i i think exactly what you said they don't for what they're going to use a tailback for it doesn't necessitate a first round pick so i actually like the move from the brown standpoint uh josh freeman I think Oakland's a good landing spot. Mark, you and I were talking about in the newsroom earlier today, like where is a good spot for him. Uh, I don't think they're going to have the easiest time dealing him, frankly. And the other side of this is – It's because of that $8 million collar around them. Well, that's, that, that, that's part of it. But the, the simple fact is there are 33 quarterbacks right now that have passer ratings, okay? Josh Freeman ranks 33rd. Hmm. 33rd. He's the only quarterback in the NFL, and this includes Brandon Whedon, I might add. He's the only quarterback in the league that's throwing at a sub-50% completion rate. He's hovering around 45 or 46. I think they, that the Bucks feel like Mike Glennon gives them a chance to win now. The players are going to want to play for him because he's the first guy in the building. And if you play him right now before the bye week, at least you can evaluate what he does wrong and have two weeks to work on his game and give him practice with the ones. Why not start now? I think all of that is interesting. But as far as Freeman goes, the I guess the tantalizing part about him and frustrating part about him is I'm watching the New England game last Sunday, and man, he spins it. I love the way I, I love the the whip he's got, you know. And and beyond that, he can move around a little bit as he advances, like most guys. He's not going to run around as much. But man, I, I, I there's so many teams out there that. I mean, the Vikings, I, I just think they would be, that's, a, that's an example of a team that would be better. And here's a sort of a, a, a crazy one. I think if you're the Bengals, and now they're 2-1, and, and, and they have a real good chance to string some wins together if you look at their schedule, and they could be in a good spot. But if they were, if they 
had lost one of the two games that they that they have pulled out now. And it was it, let's say they lose the Monday night game to Pittsburgh two weeks ago in Cincy, the game they were supposed to win. They're more talented. They lose that game. There would really be a lot more heat on Andy Dalton. And that's when you could say, like, you know what this team needs is a big arm. That's what that team needs more than anything else is a guy who can push it downfield. Then I could see a team like the Bengals even saying, like, you know what, we should get Freeman. Yeah, but let me let me stop you right there for, for just a second. Okay, number one, Josh Freeman was a first-round pick in 2009. Andy Dalton was a second-round pick in 2011. So you're, you're comparing apples and oranges a little bit. Secondly, just take watching hard knocks. Let's just go as simple as that. Do you get the impression that Bengals teammates don't like Andy Dalton? I, I, I have a pretty good feeling that he's popular. Sure. Or, well, do you see They're one any, and two. It's yeah. very different, though. Have That's heard, the point. Unless I'm missing something, unless when uh, I did Fantasy Live earlier, I wasn't checking my Twitter feed and stuff. <laughs> I have not heard anything about Bucks players standing up and being in shock and awe hmm. that Josh Freeman They weren't surprised. Yeah. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. But I will play devil's advocate or devil's damashek for Freeman here and say you you knew this was this was poorly handled from the moment they drafted Glennon. The Chiano didn't step up and, and immediately say, yes, this is a long-term play for us. We wanted to solidify that spot. But Josh Freeman's our guy, and we're going to roll with him. And he should have handled it that way. You knew anybody who pays any attention knew Glennon was going to get that was was going to get his shot if they if they wavered at all. You know, so you could see that. I could see Freeman if you're a young guy, kind of being like, listen, this is my team. I almost got us to the playoffs. Now you're bringing in this kid, and he gets no vote of confidence from the coach. Hey, I, 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 I could see being salty. It's it's holding him to a high standard compared to other human beings. But a lot of people would react the way. Just he's remember, reacting. this team started six and four last year and lost almost every game they're in. I think they finished seven and nine. They have lost I, eight of nine at this point. Right. Well, there, there you go. But before we get off the Browns and get into the uh, picks, Dave's favorite segment of all time. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I can only get better. You have to ask him, Mark. You have hey, you're in. You're you're our last hope. You know, just like Kenobi was to Leia. When uh, it, when he was talking to the droids, you're, well, that all, didn't you're end my well. only hope. No, it did end well. Well, he, he died, but yeah. Hey, Sheck prides Nobody himself. became more powerful than we could possibly imagine. Anyway. Sheck prides himself on his knowledge of history. You asked me a great trivia question that you were trying to figure out the answer today. Remember which one you asked me? No. Oh. Uh, I have no memory of anything that happened more than me, four hours ago. You asked me who started the first week for Cleveland when they released... Kozar, and it wasn't Testaverde. Can you get the answer? When they released Kozar. 93. Who started that weekend for the Browns? One of the most depressing weekends in Cleveland sports was the week after Kozar was gone. Who was the quarterback that stepped under center? He was a lefty, wasn't he? I think you might be right about that. I think he was a lefty. Oh, I, well, tough. see, 93 couldn't be it. I was I, I The thing that just like a couple months ago I was reminded of was uh, backup supreme Don Strock finished his career in Cleveland. And that was 88. I, yeah. I forgot about that, and I was thinking it's not he, he didn't play that long into the 90s. This was not a heroic figure. <laughs> a lefty, you say, <laughs> eh? Um, Pretty sure he was left. I'm going to have to look him up now. This is this Well, is, that's well past the era of Paul McDonald. Yep. He was quickly replaced by Testaverde, who was hurt. That's the reason this guy had to come in and deal with the situation Lay the it next on week. Me. Go ahead. Todd Philcox. Oh. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Phil Cox. You know what's fun? Remember when they had Steve Cox? That was a, yes. that was a, an interesting move. They used to carry the Browns did in, in an air. Well, nobody does it today anyway. But 
They they had not one but two place kickers on their roster. One to do the kickoffs and the long field goal. Steve Cox was a head-on kicker, and they would just bring him in for anything over 50 yards. That was a weird move. You don't see defenses you know, spending an entire offseason preparing for that. No, indeed. See, so that was clever on the, on the Brownies' part. All right, listen, fellas. Let's get into it here. It is the little segment that we do on our second podcast to get you ready for the week of pro football action to come here. We have two experts seated in front of me. Handsome Hank is out. Mark Sessler is in. Se- oh, I should mention Handsome Hank is on his way to London Town to watch an abysmal, abysmal game that we have foisted on the poor people of England who don't know any better. But uh, Americans, I guess, are kind of snickering, like <laughs> Vikings and Steelers. No one would have gone if it were in a in stateside, but you guys don't know. So you take this bum game. I don't know if, the, if that's what Kamish Goodell had in mind when they put it on the schedule, but that's basically the way it's shaped up now. Listen, I'm down in the dumps about the Steelers, but I did, I did look at this. I looked at players that are going to probably be top 10 or so guys this year are going to be available. If the Steelers really flame out, you know who they could go with? Marquise Lee of uh, of USC, a wide receiver. That's exactly what that team needs. Yeah, because, you know, USC wide receivers have really fared well. Well, I, you're in Browns fan mode. You're already that's thinking exactly draft. Right. That's exactly <laughs> I was just about to say. The, the world has been turned upside down. All right, let's get into it now. The Thursday night game, depending on where, when you're listening, is about to be played or it's already in the books I will say that I am going to take the Niners on the road won't be surprised if when you're listening to this if Sam Bradford and company have defeated that team but I don't want to spend too much time on that one I want to get ready for the weekend proper and uh, look at Elliot Harrison he actually came prepared he brought a red flag finally you, you would know think the rules mark of this segment normally the producer would be responsible for bringing the red flag but uh, of course black tie we're just lucky that he showed up, period, himself. So, uh, yes, yeah, so good on you, Elliot, to bring the red flag. And this is it's pretty simple. I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to give you a game that I find compelling. You make a statement. I think this team's going to win. The other person is going to have the opportunity to throw the red flag and say, I challenge that and give me the reasons why. And then I will do my picks uh, in 60 seconds or less. And all you have to do is look at how that worked out last week when I went, uh, I think, 6-10. and 10. That's that's very poor, very poor stuff. Let's start right at the end here, fellas. Some really good games here. Well, let's go to Sunday night. Elliot Harrison, the New England Patriots at the Atlanta Falcons. How say you? Uh, assuming that Gronkowski does not play, uh, I have the Falcons winning this game. They're at home. They're one and two. They win the game, Mark. Mark Sessler. I agree. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, here we go. Now, listen, I like this agreement. You understand? That's what don't listen, Well, I've already made my Every picks. story, every dramatic story requires conflict. That's at the heart. Don't do what Handsome Hank does every time. Well, I Elliot. will have a conflict and with just, my boss because I've agree. already made my picks. They're already on the site. Fine, here we go again. So you both bur- so that's a, you guys are in lockstep. Let's see if I can shake it up here. All right, Mark Sessler, the Seattle Seahawks undefeated traveling to the Houston Texans. How say you? I'm going Houston Texans. Ooh, oh, I like oh, that. Oh, dude, I am challenging that. Yeah! The people love it. Some conflict. Uh, Why? Schaub is getting off to such horrible starts, and you just can't do that against Seattle. And I think the Texans line is going to have trouble with that Seahawks pass rush. I know they're not at home. I know they're much better at home. But, frankly, right now, Seattle's just a better football team. Can I, I with, offer yeah, a rebuttal you can response? 
everything you said is correct. I'm just going with an inner feeling that something weird's going to happen here. Seattle is a superior team. There's nothing logical about it. Houston will win. I dis- you know, I disagree with the assessment that they're a superior team in every regard. Maybe a quarterback, but Matt Schaub is not a bad QB. Everybody has now decided that he stinks. Well He's not playing well, but I listen. If you get Andre Johnson out there, which is a big if, in good health with DeAndre Hopkins and Owen Daniels, this notion that well, who does he have to throw the ball to is erased. That that is a, a very nice trio of pass catchers, augmented, of course, by the running backs. The big question is: Is Arian Foster right? That may be a moot point because Ben Tate is a nice runner himself. I, I, I'm with Cesar. I'm, I'll, I'll uh, tease my picks here a little bit and say I'm going to go with the Texans at home. And let's remember, maybe it's a little bit in the rearview mirror, but the Seahawks are not over the last couple of years. I don't care what happened 10 years ago, but the last couple of years, they still are not some great road team. You know, you put them on the road, they a become more trouble in Carolina. <laughs> All right, next, Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 1-2 and two at the Denver Broncos. EH, I'll say you. Can they stop? Because here's the question. Can they stop? Can the Broncos, for all their success, we haven't seen them against a rugged running team yet. Sly Williams, the rookie, is uh, anchoring that middle pretty good. But let's see what he does against Shady McCoy and Mike Vick. EH, go. I still think the Broncos win. I don't think the Eagles can keep up in that altitude, in a track meet. And, yes, they're running the ball with LaShawn McCoy, Dave, but they're not, they're not pounding the run. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just running a lot of plays. So, Broncos win. I have to agree. Mm. All right. If you're looking for conflict, that's a tough conflict. I shouldn't have chosen. I shouldn't have gone with that one. Uh, Black tie. You want to do a black tie special and throw out a game that you think is a tough one to call here? Uh, That means I have to do some work. I know. uh, Oh, it's so hard to click on the page where you have to make your picks. Funny uh, how quickly he he was able to click on the page when he corrected us immediately that actually he won the first week of picks. (laughs) I mean, it was like you hadn't even finished the period on the sentence, and he was like thirteen and three. Wow, well, as I we went did. thirteen and three. I had a terrible week, and we. Yeah, and by well, the way, you can, say, you can join God. the uh, DDFP Pick'em League. You know, NFO.com/slash/Pick'em DDFP, and uh, challenge this guys and All see right. if you can best me. Either Offer way, it up. Game I'm going to go with will be the Bears and Lions. The Lions at home. Bears That's a good Lions. one. Okay. All right. If you if you like that one, Mark Sessler. Uh, no, I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Sessler on this one. You know, I'm a big fan of Mark Tressman. I think that he's really done wonders with with Jay Cutler's game. I think Cutler buys in. That's a big thing that hasn't happened in Chicago. I'm going Bears. I completely agree. When they lost in Detroit two years ago, remember on Monday Night Football, Cutler was running for his life. He's not running for his life this year. Chicago wins. Yeah, I like that Bears team quite a bit. I, I, I think that is no fluke. And like I keep saying, let the campaign begin. I think Jay Cutler is on his way to nothing less than the NFL MVP award this year. That's what wow. I say, Sessler. I like Listen, it. Listen, I know I was overly focused on with the Steelers season hanging in the balance, but really looking at that, with the Steelers having everything going their way in that second half, and they're really making a big push in on their home field, and Cutler, three straight third downs, made huge plays, first with that rugged run, redefining who he is, as we discussed on the last podcast. Potentially, a, a single deed like that, might just redefine who he is to his team, to the city, to the NFL at large. And then beyond that, he throws a couple of strikes to to one to Brandon Marshall, then that great catch to Earl Bennett, but that ball was on the money as well in the end zone. All right, that'll do it for the Red Flag Challenge pick segment. We need a snappier name than that. Do you guys hey, want to disagree? Are, uh, my picks are up on the site, by the way. 
Oh, at NFL.com, yes. your your picks are up, as yeah. are his uh, weekly power rankings. Make sure you check those we out. we got a little paragraph of analysis for each game. Go Let as me, serious as we can, Mark. Not me. I don't, I, don't give, I don't give a paragraph even. I issue my picks on Friday every week, and I don't even do that. What do I have to explain myself? Obviously, it's nice right there. just being I, able to type bears. <laughs> no I'm explanation. Trying. I give the score. Like I have to look at matchups. And... I give the score, and I tell you what's going to happen. I tell you who's going to be the the uh, statistical, uh, the, the player who's going to be the statistical X factor. There's, like, no reason to watch the games if we once we've read what well, you put up. Well, that's why There's I no call reason. it the spoiler alert. That's why I say, because if you don't want the games ruined, then don't click into what I am posting, I'm going to tell you. And while the picks themselves, the game results might not be accurate, the thing I have been nailing are the individual player results. I've been to calling, like, I called Greg Olson's two touchdowns and how many yards he was going to get two weeks ago and so on. Make sure you look. <laughs> NFL.com slash check. All right, fellas. Anybody, is there any conflict? Does everybody think the Saints are going to win on Monday night? I do. Hosting I the do. Dolphins? Cameron Wake's not playing. That's, that's huge. They need him. All right, sit in with me here. Black tie, start the music. It's the dawn of a new day. We right the ship here, and now the Giants are at the Chiefs. The Chiefs go to 4-0. Cardinals at Buccaneers. The Glennon era begins. Carson Palmer entrenched in Arizona. I say they go down there and beat them. Colts at Jags. Don't need to talk about that one. I think you know where I'm going there. Steelers get off the schneid. They will beat the Vikings in London town. Ravens at the Bills. You watch this. Here's your upset pick right there. That's your gold star, David. Upset of the week. The Buffalo Bills are going to knock off those Ravens. Cincinnati Bengals at the Browns. Sorry, Sessler. The Bengals are going to win that one. The uh, the little miracle lasts for one seat, for one week. And then back to reality. <laughs> The Bears at the Lions. I'm with you guys at Chicago. The Seahawks at the Texans. Like I say, I'll take Houston. The Jets at the Titans. The Titans are making the playoffs, and they're going to be three and one, and they'll look pretty good after they're after they're in that spot. Eagles at the Broncos. It's going to be the Broncos. The Eagles have no chance of stopping that offense. Cowboys at the Chargers. Boy, I really want to take the Chargers, but I'll take the Cowboys because right? EH is here. Redskins at the Raiders. Closer than people expect, RG3 gets him, his team and himself off that schneid. Patriots at the Falcons. I'm going Falcons. I think that Matt Ryan, I have a hunch that he's going to torch that secondary. And lastly, the Dolphins at the Saints. Yes, I will take the Saints in the dome against the game Dolphins bunch. But, yeah, the Cameron Wake loss. If he's really gone for the year, which people are speculating he might be in some trouble, that, that whole team's in a little bit of trouble, yes? Yeah, they are, but, I mean, really just particularly this week, they've got to get after Drew Brees. They have to. They can't let him get hot early. All right. Before Cameron Wake get... practiced on Wednesday. Oh, he did? Check. Yes, he did. Yeah, I don't think he's gone for the oh, year. Oh, don't give me the oh the eyes. Like, how dare you <laughs> sully my podcast with your speculation, Damashek. Black tie. Shame on you for that. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Uh, now, listen, real quick. Was that Percy Harvin? Talking that, to us there? That was Percy. That was Percy. Yeah. Okay, before Sessler, uh, EA, and EH take off, real quick, I have a question. Is is uh, Crystal, the producer of the Around the League podcast, in there? She is not, but the, the rest of the Around the League crew is. Uh, well, you know, you're responsible for her, just as I'm responsible, uh, responsible I'm embarrassed to say, responsible for black tie. Um, Crystal, <laughs> Crystal sat in, in – I, I mentioned this on the podcast. She suggested that the Steelers, what they needed to do to fix things, was to bench Roethlisberger in favor of Bruce Gradkowski. Now, that's on your watch, Sessler. Well, you know, well, listen, she you? can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Is that right? That's maybe they should li- Maybe they should listen to what she has I to say. I say hooey and applesauce. But I like your loyalty. That's what I like, Sessler. 
I like where you're coming from, Swifty. <laughs> All right. Here he comes, everybody. Like I said before, he is the patriarch of football's first family, the father of Peyton and Eli, and he comes to us from the Liberty Mutual Coach of the Year Award. It's Archie Manning. How are you, sir? I'm doing really good, Dave. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, sure thing. Sure thing. Let's start right there. Talk to us about what the Liberty Mutual Coach of the Year Award's all about. Well, I'd love to. I, I really feel privileged. This is my eighth year as a spokesman for the Liberty Mutual Coach of the Year Award, the only coaching award that supports uh, charity and scholarship also. And I think the neat thing about it, Dave, we honor not one coach, but we uh, give this award to four coaches because uh, we have a coach of the year in every division in college football. Uh, the award exemplifies responsibility and integrity and sportsmanship and excellence both on and off the field. Uh, I mentioned the four coaches. Uh, we honor them. Uh, we have them out to Southern California for the BCS championship game. And each winner receives $50,000 that he gives to charity and $20,000 that goes to school's alumni association. So since we started the program, Liberty Mutual has ponied up almost $2 million to these various uh, charities and colleges. Uh, the voting is opened. It goes through December 3. And all the football fans out there or any fans that want to vote for their favorite coach, just go to coachoftheyear.com. Vote once a day and every day for the Coach of the Year. Coach Mutual Coach of the Year. Well, excellent stuff. And, um, you know, let's start right there. I know you've been answering a lot of questions over the last, uh, I don't know, week or so about now Peyton, as you may have heard, his team is 3-0 and right now. Now Eli's team is 0-3. Have you as a father and as a, a, as a proud alumnus of Ole Miss – said, Eli, this is what we have to go back at Peyton with. Our team is better than Tennessee this year. <laughs> no, I haven't gotten there. You know, I think Eli's got a lot on his mind so trying to <laughs> uh, turn this thing around. Um, and Peyton and Eli don't go at each other. Quarterbacks stay pretty busy, Dave. So, uh, <laughs> it's, um, we've, I, you know, as a family, I guess as a parent, we've never had a a three and zero oh and zero oh and three, but uh, that, that's football. It takes funny bounces. Um, we, we sure hope the Giants can um, kind of settle down, get a win. We like to get a win on Sunday and get this thing turned around. Uh, proud of the um, the Broncos and the way they're playing, but it's you gotta. It's tough every Sunday in that National Football League, so we'll see what happens. Well, before we dig in too much to NFL stuff, what do you make? This is a huge game coming up for Ole Miss in Tuscaloosa this Saturday. Oh, yeah, it's a big game. Anytime you go to Tuscaloosa, it's it's, it's big, and you play the, the team that's won multiple national championships. It's a great stadium they have over there. They've enlarged it. Obviously, their fan base going against a Nick Saban team. It doesn't get any tougher than that, but uh, it's an exciting time for a young Ole Miss team who's Gotten off to a good start. Had a um, uh, exciting game against Vanderbilt on on a Thursday night, and then won a home game, and then went out to Texas and uh, put some points on the board. So this is the ultimate test. Um, Alabama doesn't really have weaknesses in their team. A <laughs> and M didn't move the ball, but A and M I think is going to move the ball on everyone. And uh, Ole Miss has got to. They really got a. I think this is the best balanced Alabama offense I've seen in, in a long time. In a long time, uh, AJ McCarron proved himself as a top college passer, and then they've always run the ball good with a lot of running backs. So, 
Ole Miss got their cut. Uh, their work hmm. cut out, but it's it's exciting time for a young team to go over there. <clears throat> well, of course, we will definitely have to vote for Hugh Freeze if he can roll into Tuscaloosa and come out of there with a victory. Um, all right, let's talk about now, first of all, Book of Manning, the documentary on ESPN, Dynamite stuff. Uh, that must have been a thrill to see. You know, we always I'm a father of uh, young kids, and I'm always shooting the videos these days. How great is it 20, 30 years later? Hey, we have some use for these videos, these home videos we shot. Uh, it's kind of scary, really. I didn't do much of that video except I agree. I did my interview, and I was just boxed up a bunch of videos like you said that are 30 years old and and let them have them uh it's probably a little scary but um people seem to have enjoyed it uh I, I do i think it's something advisable for for parents is to take those photos and take those videos i'm sure your camera's a lot smaller than mine back then <laughs> these huge huge cameras that just come out where you put the whole VHS, you know, into a box <laughs> and carry it over your shoulder, and then the camera was about two feet long, and you lug that thing around just trying to get a backyard football game. It's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm old enough to remember the days of those kind of cameras. Yeah, now I have uh, thousands of hours already shot of the two little ones running around, and I'm sure they'll look forward to watching those in a quarter century. All right, how is, take us inside the Manning home on a Sunday. How are the TVs set up? Do you have two flat screens side by side, so when the boys are playing simultaneously? How's it work? Well, the boys kind of got me to upgrade everything when they both got in the league. We we can split the screen at, at home and, and watch both games. Of course, you, you go back and forth on sound. And that's when they're playing at the same time. It's really it's pretty unbelievable, Dave. They don't play They don't play at the same time that much, which I say I'm not sure that's good. I always say that's six hours of nervousness <laughs> instead of three. You know, if they would do it at the same time, you kind of get it out of the way. So we uh, – it's just Livy and I. We don't invite anyone over, and it's just – we're a little superstitious. Things aren't going good. We'll switch chairs. Um, <laughs> I'll even go in the kitchen. We keep a uh, – we have direct TV. I'll go in, in the kitchen, though, we have a, a cable TV just in case the weather were to knock out direct TV. <laughs> but sometimes it's part of superstition. I'll go in the kitchen and start watching, you know, kind of change our luck. And, you know, the, the cable is about 10 seconds earlier than the other TV. <laughs> so I'll make my comments after a play and drives her crazy because it's not, you know, she's watching it there. So we're kind of a, it, it's kind of a crazy Sunday. <laughs> we're couple of uh, 64 year olds acting silly but it's it's fun that's fantastic and my parents uh you know listen it sounds like you're taking a run at my parents for obsessively watching everything that their kids do you get to watch two kids play in the nfl my parents are sitting and listening to this podcast right now so it's an interesting thing and they're just as proud so uh (laughs) and i know they're very proud um real quick couple questions about uh peyton and eli for you I'm not going to bother asking you. I'm sure you've been asked it a million times. You know, who would you rather have in a two-minute drive down four with the Super Bowl on the line? Unless you want to answer that. I'm assuming you don't probably. Let's, let's go to the next question. <laughs> I figured as much. Who would win a foot race between Peyton and Eli? Well, I guess Eli would. You know, uh, neither one of them were, were uh, high school sprinters by by any means. Uh, <laughs> Eli's five five years younger, but I, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, you know, I'm just saying that because he's uh, five years younger. Um, they, um, it's it's not anything you you want to 
you talk about the movie camera, you don't want to put it on tape for them to race each other in a 100-yard dash. I see. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, I, well, that I disagree with. I think that would be <laughs> – I think that well, – uh, <laughs> let me put it this way. You won't see that. You I won't see, see that. <laughs> I got you. Um, and, uh, and who, if you guys – you're all at the Manning house, everybody's together – and you order out for some Chinese food. When it arrives, who goes for the wallet first, Archie or Eli? I mean, or uh, Peyton or Eli? Oh, oh, Peyton or Eli? Yeah. Uh, neither one. It's me. Oh, yeah. is that oh, right? Dad. Yeah, Dad always. Yeah. Still. That. Yeah. These yeah. two, they can't read. They can't do it. All right. All right. I got you. I, I, I like uh, where that, that you're still uh, the head of the family there. Do you, though, <laughs> we get back to the foot race stuff. Do you now look at football and, and the way these games are going in uh, the last couple of years and say, man, I missed my turn as, uh, at getting to run that pistol? Do you, do you salivate well, a little bit you know, and think I, about I've it? I've never done that through the years. I, I really enjoyed playing, and I, it, I always just had a theory. Uh, it, it's over, and I'm, I'm never going to look back on it. Um, I guess maybe you know I hadn't seen footage of myself playing college football in a long time to this documentary came out and i played in a in a sprint out system where your you know your first option was pass your second option was run but you're on the run everything starts on the <laughs> run um but I, I told eli one time last year we were watching a college game and that spread offense and with the read option and then you play action off i, I told him and i don't think i've ever said anything braggadocious to eli i said eli i think i could be pretty good in this <laughs> offense I, I really i would have liked that I, that now I think about some other people. Some I think some of the great uh, versatile college quarterbacks I've known and seen. Roger Stallback would be. A, he was a great player. Oh yeah, he would be great in that. Steve Young would be unbelievable in in that offense today. As would like a Doug Flutie. I mean, those those guys. They were good in their own right in their own system. But this. This is this offense is set up for people like that. Well, of course, I remember. And last question for you: I remember watching you with the Saints uh, way back. And uh, let's say I know you'd be rooting for Peyton to win, but if it is the Broncos against the Saints, will that create some uh, some trouble for you in New Orleans with the uh, with the locals? No. What if that's your Super Bowl? No, 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 no. It's uh, everybody no, gets it, it. You know, blood blood's thicker than water. Saints are doing good though, and. Uh, they're back. Sean's back. They're playing good. They're playing very good. Well, uh, we appreciate the time. Again, it is the Liberty Mutual Coach of the Year Award. Make sure you get over there and vote at uh, coachoftheyear.com. Archie Manning, what a pleasure to, to speak with you, sir. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me, buddy. You listen to Dave I like that, and I guarantee you my parents are happy to hear that, that, uh, that uh, Archie and his wife are equally as obsessive. I feel sorry, though, for my parents. They get to watch their sons play pro football. They get to listen to their loser son talk about Archie's sons playing pro football. It's not as probably not as exciting. Here's some exciting news, though. Long, long time since we kibitzed with him. Last time we did, he had just decided to go to the Cincinnati Bengals rather than sign with the Oakland Raiders, who were also giving chase there. By the way, he, along with uh, Brian Hoyer and Ryan Tannehill, is a nominee for the GMC Never Say Never moment of the week for week three. The NFL has announced, and uh, you can go over to NFL.com until Friday this week and vote for that. Vote for our pal here. He scored the game-winning touchdown against the mighty Green Bay Packers. It's cornerback Terrence Newman. What's the poop, fella? Oh, not a whole lot. I just pooped uh, not too long ago, actually. Oh. 
come on. I was being figurative, Pally. I know. So was I. I didn't either. I'm just hanging out, getting ready to to do a little studying on the uh, Cleveland Browns a little later. All right, let's talk about that in a second. But listen, first things first, is there something you'd like to say to me? Something like, thank you, Dave, for saying to go to the Bengals. I told you in summer this was going to be the smart move. This was going to be the best team in the North at least, maybe even in the whole AFC. Raiders are struggling. You could have been out there on Monday night being tormented by Peyton Manning. Instead, you sit at 2-1. and one. How say you? I say thank you, Double mm-hmm. Uh But the last time I do remember we played Peyton, I think I ended up with two interceptions, so that wouldn't have been a bad game either. <laughs> uh, <Whoa. but> either, <laughs> either way, it would have been, uh, been all right. Well, yes, muzzle tough to you on the uh, on the terrific start there. What a uh, trio of QBs you've got up against. Huh? You started off against Jay Cutler, who's looking dynamite so far. You don't get that one, but then you take down Roethlisberger in the big one. You you, you vanquish the uh, you know the 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 big bully of the North, and then you take care of Aaron Rodgers. Who's the toughest so far that you've seen? You know they're all tough, and it's for different reasons. Um, you know, we've played three, three very, very good football teams so far. Um, Pittsburgh, they, they've had a, a, a bad run of luck, but, you know, they're a tough football team. And obviously you saw that in the game when they came back and, uh, made things really interesting. But, uh, you know, we, we still have a, we still have a whole heck of a lot of, you know, big quarterbacks to face. So I'm not going to say who's the best because they're all, they're all good. Well, I know, especially now that we have a sound bite of you saying that uh, Peyton Manning isn't much of a test because all you do is intercept them all the time. We got that one filed away for the playoffs. Sweet. <laughs> so, how- After the last time we played him, I had two interceptions. So were you – no, listen, I, will, I would never use that against you, one. And two, I know. do you think Peyton you're my, Manning – You're my buddy, old pal. I know, and Peyton Manning has never heard of me, nor would he ever appear on this program. So uh, so you, I, I always got your back, Terrence Newman, on that count. You're a swell chap, mate. Oh, we're back to the English accent. I like it. I like you know, it. I got to throw that in there. Listen, throw let, that in there a little bit. What do you think about this Bengals team? Now we talked in the summertime. I told you, and I think you more or less agreed. You're loaded on offense. When are we going to see now? Do you think that? Uh, do you think that the game is going to be? Are we going to see the uh, carries for Giovanni Bernard increase as the season goes along here? Because he seems obviously be, to be a dynamic guy out of that backfield. He's very dynamic, but um, you know what? What Ben Jarvis Green Ellis has been doing back there is is impressive as well. If you remember uh, the Monday night game, when uh, you know we're trying to run out, you know as much time on the clock as possible, he came up with a couple of the key key runs to get first downs when it looked like nothing was going to be available. You know he somehow made some things happen. You know offensive line blocked really well. But there's a couple of times when he's bottled up and he squirted it out and, you know, we're able to keep the chains moving and keep the clock going. So, um, you know, he's, he's still young, which is uh, a, a good thing, but he's so dynamic. You know, he can catch it out of the backfield. He's got great vision and, and great feet and, um, he's going to be, he's going to be a special player. That reminds me, you know, obviously he's, he's not very Sanders, but he, he kind of reminds me of that guy a little bit. 
Yeah, man, that offense is so loaded. But the defense, obviously you're going up against the mighty Packers offense, and you're up 14 nothing. but then all of a sudden the pack reels off 30. What's the, what's the vibe on the sidelines at that point? Is it sort of like, yeah, that's the NFL. Everybody's going to put up points. Or was, that, was there a bit of panic there? I don't think we panicked, uh, especially uh, uh, from a defensive standpoint. I think whether they have like uh, maybe – Two offensive touchdowns, one offensive touchdown in the game. Um, you know, so that was impressive. We gave up a couple field goals, and um, you know, there was a couple times when they had short field position, so uh, we were kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. But then, uh, you know, we finally got their offensive favor and got a couple turnovers, gave them, you know, short field position, and and you know, Andy Dalton and company, they did their job, so. It was just an impressive thing, and it gives everybody a little confidence that we can we can be in any football game that we're in. We were down what sixteen, I think, at one point, and we were able to you know come out and win the football game. So that can can do nothing but boost your confidence. Here's the thing: you say in every game. You know what? One thing I would like to see out of every game that the Cincinnati Bengals play the orange jerseys. It's too much. The black jerseys are definitely superior. How say you, Terrence Newman? I wish we could wear the black on black every game. And I think a lot of people actually think the same thing. Those things are sweet. The orange, I like the orange, but the black on black is, that is where it's at. It just doesn't look right, especially when you play a team like the Packers. It's too much vibrant sort of summer colors. You know, that gold and that all orange, it was it, it hurt my eyeballs. Do you agree? You know, I never even thought of that, but mm-hmm. that's a that's a pretty good point. That's, and it was at one o'clock, so it was extra bright outside. Maybe that's it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't help with all the bright jerseys. I don't know. Maybe was, that's what happened with two interceptions. That it was too much brightness out there for Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, um, you really couldn't miss anything out there if you're sitting in the, in the fan in the stands because everything's bright. You know, you get the bright yellow jerseys, you got bright orange jerseys, you got green, you got white. You can't miss anything, that's for sure. Yeah, I suppose. Terrence Newman, uh, it was mentioned on Twitter that you were hanging out with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Michael Bay in uh, in Chicago before the Bears game. What gives yeah. with that? It was actually very, very coincidental. Um, when we went to play the Bears, right outside of our hotel, they were – they were shooting uh, Transformers 4. So one of the scenes was literally taking place uh, just footsteps away from, you know, the entrance. So a couple of us went out just to, you know, see what happens because, you know, none of us have seen anything, you know, being shot and, you know, live. So uh, they were shooting the scene, and, you know, after the scene, Michael came over, and uh, me and a teammate, we took pictures, and he just, you know, told us to come look at the camera, got a chance to go down and, we looked at the cars that were going to be in the movie. Hmm. So while we were looking at the cars, uh, <laughs> out of nowhere, you know, I turn around and Mark Wahlberg's out there throwing a football. So um, him and, and a guy named Cowboy, who's from Austin, Texas, they start going one-on-one uh, in the middle of the street. The street was blocked <laughs> off. And I was the quarterback. So I'm, I'm just, I threw this deep bomb to Cowboy. He let me down. He dropped it. And <laughs> Wahlberg didn't have that bad of coverage either. He might be able to play a little bit. 
Well, listen, he was in the uh, the Eagles movie, that Invincible picture, a few years back. Yeah. So. I'd like to see him in uh, The Longest Yard. Oh, all right. Maybe yeah. if we do another remake of that picture, yeah, maybe that could happen. Mark Wahlberg, though, is in Transformers 4. I had no idea. It seems uh, I'm surprised that he would do that one. It seems like uh, that's it. Do you like those Transformer pictures? Oh, yeah, those are classic. Yeah, and I've, I've been a Transformers fan since I was a little kid watching the cartoons, so I definitely, uh, I definitely like watching those. Are you watching, uh, do you keep your eye on uh, shows like Breaking Bad? You know what, I keep hearing about Breaking Bad, but I haven't watched it yet. I just, honestly, lately I haven't watched a whole lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a lot of movies, but not a whole lot of TV. All right, well, I, I got to tell you, man, you're missing out on Breaking Bad. But what do you, you really should get caught up on that. Tell us real quick then, what's a movie tip from Terrence Newman? What's one that we must see? Uh, a movie that you must see, I would have to say, uh, Star Trek. I heard that that's a good one. That's a, is that, yes. that's uh Khan, Khan is, uh, a great villain in that movie, and he's a bad man. Wait, Khan? To check that one out. Khan. Oh, they bring, oh, I didn't know, see, because I haven't seen this new one. So they, so Ricardo Montalban, the original Khan, you know, Kirk! You know that that one. This so yeah. this new one also has Kirk. I mean, also has Khan in it, huh? Yes, this one has Khan in it. You got to check it out. Hmm. It's a great flick. If you don't see it, you're missing out. If you could only watch one and you could never see the other again, would you choose the Star Wars series or the Star Trek series? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to say. Ooh. Now, that's, this is probably one of the toughest questions I've had. Well, in a long because time. guess what? This isn't hypothetical. This is what's going to happen. You're not going to be allowed to see ever again. No more Vader. No more Skywalker. It's all over for you if you choose Star Trek. Otherwise, no more Kirk. No more Khan. And beyond for well, you that way. So think about well, it. Well, you know, you know what, though? That's hard is the fact that there are more uh, Star Wars movies out than there are Star Trek movies. And there's a new one coming out in like a year or two. They're yeah, making a see, new one. It's not, it's not caught up, though. So that's this question is, is biased. I've mm-hmm. seen more Star, Star Wars than I have Star Trek. I see. So the question's almost impossible to answer. Oh, don't you like how I danced around that? You did? And no, I don't like that. I don't like how you danced around it, quite frankly. I'm I would, I'd like an fair. answer is what I would like out of that one, you know? Uh, that is my answer. I have to wait till the next one comes right. out and I can give you a fair answer, assessment. All right, fair enough. Hey, um, speaking of Darth Vader, what the Steelers, I imagine, are for you sort of your Darth Vader, and you vanquished them. As a pro, you know, you've been around for a fair amount of time, and obviously coming out of Dallas, you know those perennial rivals out of the NFC East. Is there and is it, it, it from my position? I'm watching that game and I'm thinking a couple Monday nights ago. Well, clearly the Bengals are a more talented bunch. They're at home. They need this game after losing in Chicago. They should whip the Steelers. But it felt to me like wow, this is a struggle for them because and, and my, my assumption is is that psychologically it's because you're trying to vanquish this team that has you know that has obviously more or less dominated you guys 
over the years. Is that is that valid, or is it like, no, they're just another team to us, or is there this thing of, man, Roethlisberger has beaten us so many times. This it, It's extra tough for us to overcome this, uh, this beast. Well, I think, personally, anytime you come off of a loss, um, and you have a, a division, a division opponent, and there's a little bit going back into last year. Uh, you know, us having to beat them to make the playoffs, then having to beat us to make the playoffs, and you know, we won that game. So you know, everybody knew that this was going to be a, a tough, physical football game. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what it turned out to be. Um, their defense played well. Their offense played well. Um, They've had some plays on special teams, but at the end of the day, I think um, a couple miscues by them. We had some as well, but a couple miscues uh, late in the game kind of uh, helped us seal seal the victory. So uh, we were definitely fortunate to come out with the win. Before you start watching film on those brownies, what do you think about? Are you? Has anybody said to you? Has Marvin Lewis or? Uh, or Zimmer or anyone else said to you, "Hey, we're uh, we're gonna you're gonna be seeing a lot of Josh Gordon on Sunday, Terrence Newman. We expect you to rise to the occasion." No, I mean, basically all that was said was that you know this is going to be no different than when we played uh, Pittsburgh, or no different than last week. That it was going to be a tough uh, football game, especially. I remember last year going up there. It was the first first time since you know playing in the AFC North for Cincy. Um, how tough of a game it was. We lost the game, so, you know, we know that it's going to be a tough football game, and when they're at home, uh, it's going to be a, a straight dog fight, and um, we're going to have to put everything we have into to winning this football game, extra film study, extra time in the weight room, you know, whatever it takes. Last thing, Terrence Newman, uh, producer Black Tie behind the glass has decided that we will initiate a new thing of answer, or at least asking you, a fan tweet, and uh, so so this is uh, so this is the first go around here. This one comes to us from James M. Davies. He says, "T. New, you intercepted Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Which Hall of Fame QB would you most like to have picked off?" Ooh, which Hall of Fame QB would I most like to have picked off? You know what? I, I I've gotten I've gotten a couple that are are headed there. Did you get Brady um, ever? I've gotten Brady. I've gotten Eli and Peyton. Wow. Um, yeah, I've, I've, oof. That's that's a heck of a question. And now you got um, Aaron Rodgers. Have you ever picked off uh, Big Ben? Uh, did I get Big Ben? You know, I don't think I've ever big, picked Big Ben off. I think we've only played him. That might have been on my only third or fourth time ever playing them. Uh, but, no, I haven't picked off Ben. Um Back to the question. Which Hall of Fame quarterback? Probably, uh, I'd say Joe Montana. Oh, that'd be pretty cool, yeah, to have that one on your resume. But it's pretty good. Now you have four touchdowns, three by pick, one by fumble. I assume that the fumble recovery for six is the biggest of your career. Um... Real quick, here's the final question I have for you, and then and then you go. You get ready for the brownies. Here's you didn't even get my you didn't even get my water boy reference, Joe Montana. 
Oh, I, I, I got the Montaigne. I got it. Yeah, I know, okay. I know yeah. Joe Montaigne. I was amused by it, Tinu. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> patronize you with it. with audible laughter. I enjoyed it. I got it. And uh, I was and, hoping you got it. <laughs> Listen, as I've said to you before, everybody should dig it up. The sports car with Terrence Newman. He and I drove around. Yes, we argued about who should be behind the wheel and who should ride shotgun. That said, a delightful. Well, we had a, we, we had a blast. Yeah, maybe you get to drive the next time when you make when you make a return visit. Here's the last question, because this is something I've been asking a lot of people. I contend that with all these young QBs and your team there with a guy like Andy Dalton and Flacco wins it last year, I contend this. We talk about Hall of Fame QBs. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Tony Romo, none of those five guys is ever going to win a Super Bowl going forward. How say you? Because remember now, before you answer, let me just say one thing to you. They only give out one Lombardi trophy annually. So the idea that these guys, oh, come on, they're they're plenty good. They only give out one a year, and each of those guys I just named only has so many years remaining. Yeah, but the the one thing that's that's in their favor is the fact that they, they can play quarterback. And, you know, a lot of quarterbacks can play in the league for a long time, as long as they want to hmm. at the end of the day. So, and... I'd say that whole list is a promising group. Um, they've all got impressive resumes. I played with Romo, and he's uh, he's he kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Has a quick release, hmm. makes a lot of plays happen out, out of the backfield. So I I don't know if I can say that. You know, don't forget that Eli Manning and those Giants uh, a couple of years ago won the Super Bowl after I think making the playoffs at nine and seven. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, really, you can never really count a team out, especially when a quarterback doesn't play defense either. Listen, I talked a few weeks back, and then this is it. I told Geno Atkins this just before the season. I have not heard anything out of Andy Dalton's mouth that le- that that lets me know that Geno Atkins actually delivered this message. You mentioned Eli Manning. Two years ago, he says, I'm an elite quarterback. You know, he basically says, I want recognition. What do they do? The Giants, they win the Super Bowl. Last year, Joe Flacco announces before the season, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. Football America laughs, and then who laughs last? Joe Flacco and the Ravens as they win the Super Bowl. I want Andy Dalton. Don't you see? Once is a coincidence. Two is a trend. Andy Dalton needs to say, we are going to win the Super Bowl this year, or I'm the best, or something along those lines. Can you get in his ear, Terrence Newman? I think what you're looking for is him saying that he's an elite quarterback. Okay. I so, will I will definitely get in his ear about that, especially after you pulling up those uh, very interesting stats just now. Mm-hmm. I have nothing else to do but to <laughs> go to the office and write out a memo and send it straight to Andy Dalton. You're a wordsmith, Terrence Newman. You can tell him exactly what he needs to say. All he has to do is read the script you write for him. And then in early February in New Jersey, you and I will once again meet up, and you will say thank you again, Dave, for your keen idea. You get your a part of this Lombardi Trophy for your, for you, your, uh, your thoughts. You are doggone right. I am going to tell Andy that, and I'm going to tell him that it came straight from – my man, Double D, mm-hmm. and that we need him to say this. It would do nothing but give us good mojo yes. as far as making a run at the Super Bowl. 
That's what we want because this is a story. Everybody's saying, wow, this team, the defense is terrific. The offense has so many weapons. The offensive line is stout. Can Andy Dalton raise his game to the level to win a Super Bowl? He needs to make a statement of swagger, and then you guys will be celebrating throughout January and February. Terrence Newman, muzzle tub on the decision to return to the Bengals on the game-winning touchdown last week. And congratulations going forward. Like I told you back in December, I think, the Bengals are going to be the best team this year. So far, you look like it. And uh, continued success to you and to your pals there in Cincinnati. And we look forward to kibitzing with you hopefully sooner rather than later. I will talk to you as well. And I appreciate you guys having me. Shout out to all the fans that supported us, me and you, mm-hmm. and the Bengals. And, uh... But looking forward to catching back up with you guys in a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know. If the Steelers keep going this way, I really might meet you on those sidelines at Heinz Field and stand on the Cincinnati. I, I might not have any compunction about doing that. I'm a front runner. I, was, I wasn't even going to bring that up. I was going <laughs> to let bygones be bygones. But uh, since you went there, yep, it's still offered. I'm down in the dumps, but one thing's for sure. The Pirates are going to beat your Cincinnati Red Legs uh, next week in their one-game playoff, and then I'll have my uh, I'll have my vengeance. But listen. Terrence Newman, it's not strife between you and me. Pals forever, all right? It's all love, brother. All right, I'll see you in the sports car and on the sidelines at uh, at the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Sounds good, man. You guys enjoy yourselves out there. All right, the great Terrence Newman. All right, our old pal Terrence Newman, well on his way to the AFC title game. Black tie, let's make sure we stay on that. If we can get him to actually tell, uh, real quick, EH, what do you think? To, you know, once, like I say, once is a fluke, two times is, a, is an actual trend here. I say Andy Dalton, if he goes out and says, just like Eli and just like Joe Flacco, hey, I'm the man. You can't beat me, NFL. Some bold, swaggery kind of statement like those guys made and things worked out for them. The Bengals, that's all they need for a Super Bowl crown, huh? Yeah, as soon as Andy Dalton learns how to throw the ball vertically, I think that might happen. <laughs> all yes. right, on, on that I uh, agree. On that sunny note, we will, uh, we'll wrap it up here. I think there's hey. much else to do here, but call it a day. All right, well, I can't get out of here when Don Draper is talking in my ear. Sessler, a pleasure to see you. Make sure you check out the Around the League podcast and at NFL.com. The Around the League page, as always. Up to the minute, breaking pro football news, and as always, delivered with a bit of mirth. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. EH, the power rankings are out there, the picks each week, the Thursday night football, the NFL.com, live, TNF, Thursday night. All right. So with that being said, we will be back, and maybe sometime Black Tie can uh, find the time in his very busy schedule to set up a camera so we can actually shoot the uh, pick segment for once. I've only been asking for that for a month now. I know he's very busy, though. Uh, So maybe we can make that happen sometime soon. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.